For this episode of Downtime, I was really pleased to be able to talk with Botis Sever and Lee Griffiths. Botis is a dance artist, choreographer and director working in contemporary dance, physical theatre and hip-hop. He's the artistic director of hip-hop dance theatre company Far From The Norm. Lee Griffiths is the creative producer of Far From The Norm and also, alongside Joseph Tunga and Emily Crouch, runs Artists for Artists, the UK's first artist-led hip-hop theatre initiative. Lee and Botus also happened to be a family and I zoomed into their living room in May 2020 to see how downtime was shaping up for them. We talked about the plus sides of having a relatively new show paused halfway through a tour, the place of hip-hop in the wider dance sector and his Olivier Award, which clearly I'm more impressed by than he is. Please note, this conversation took place on May 21st, 2020, just four days before George Floyd was murdered in Minneapolis by white police officers. So we didn't get to talk about that. We didn't get to talk about the wave of energy that it gave the Black Lives Matter movement or the need to reflect that it has bestowed upon us all. Botus, Lee and I discussed recording a little part two to be able to incorporate their thoughts on all of this, but we decided that this episode reflects the time it was made in, so we're leaving it like it is. Perhaps we'll do a part two on another occasion. Hello, Botis. Hello, Lee. Thank you very much for coming on. How are you doing? We're doing good. Yeah, we're staying. Yeah, we're keeping positive. I think that's, that's kind of our main thing at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of trying to get through the days. Brilliant. And thank you for making time for me. Where are you right now? Uh, we're in our living room. We're in our living room. In your cosy living room. Cosy living room in um, Kingston. Okay. And I believe you have a little one tucked up in bed. Is that right? Yeah. Timed to a team. Well done, <laughs> team. Very good. Excellent. Okay. So here we are. Um, I think you were in the middle of touring your Olivier award-winning show when all of this kicked off. Is that right? Yeah, we were. We're literally on what show? What, what number? Show? We're on show five. Show five. So we didn't even get started yet, which was, um, yeah, it was a weird kind of. I don't know. For me, I felt like it was kind of a blessing a little bit. <laughs> that, not not that COVID happened, but I think uh, in the time of just. I don't know, I was quite confused with the show as well and like where it was going and like where the world was going. And I felt like it's almost, I don't know, sometimes it's, it's, it tells you like it, maybe it's time to, to pause or stop or reflect. So for me, I feel I feel like it was also a, maybe a positive thing as well. Oh, that's interesting. So you've done five performances. Um, how long had it been since the first one? A while? So we, our first one opened mid-Feb. Okay. And then we had our last performance two or three days before we went into lockdown we were okay. in Birmingham and um it was it was really surreal we had 10 people in the audience it was it was a sold out show um yeah the cast were very nervous it was just abs- it was really surreal what, what, um, what do you mean 10 people came and yeah to yeah, see the show see the show and it was it was the show took on a, a new life I suppose mm. a new meaning wow um, and I think it was, it was a really special moment. And I think we'll all remember that kickstarting the lockdown process for us. And it we all kind of sat there realising this would be the last time we'd be together. Audiences, we could feel like this was the last time we're going to watch work. Oh, God. In that setting, it was really emotional. Um, but, yeah, it was hard. I, and it's it's taking a lot of, yeah, like you said, letting go, reflecting, yeah. mm. almost mourning what would have been. Um, yeah. and appreciating that it will come back in when it's ready to yeah, come back. Yeah, of 
Yeah, and so you you had more dates to come in this tour. Did yeah, you? Yeah, we were. Yeah, we had. We had quite a few. We had quite a few international ones. Um, uh. Our main one was going to be like traveling to America, which was like our first time ever. Oh man! When um, were you supposed to do that? We were meant to go to America in September, um, and then we had um, a few more dates from yeah from May onwards up until like October, which which was. Sanders performance in October so yeah that's kind of it was pretty much our year basically which was you know um, yeah of course it's work but yeah it's crazy the unthinkable became reality yeah mm. absolutely crazy yeah. so what's the situation now are you um busy trying to rebook all of that stuff or are you in a period of downtime and you know painting the walls or <laughs> I wish okay not that I think it's um it's an amalgamation of both, isn't it? We we're now unpicking and unproducing the tour almost yeah. to recently <laughs> the next year, mm. which is something I've never thought I'd needed to do. Yeah. So there's definitely a whole new set of skills there. For when? Um, when are you hoping to redo it all? So we're hoping that we'll almost use the twenty twenty structure as a bit of a blueprint and we're just literally lifting that and, and taking that into twenty twenty one. So hopefully we'll be back in the studio and some more production time and then out back on tour from the end of Feb 21 at the moment I, I just don't know no I know it's crazy isn't it um but you do hope to have some uh time back in the studio to have a little think about what what else the show might need yeah I feel I feel like now it means so much things it, it was almost it was almost speaking about not necessarily what's going to happen now, but it's, I think a lot of my work has, has um, worked a lot with like human conditions and like human traits and personalities. Essentially with this situation, I feel like it, it's more about just expressing how we really feel. And I think, you know, cause you know, so many people are losing their lives every single day and that's quite, and in the piece it, it speaks about people losing their lives. So I feel like it's, I think it's, I'm now more excited just to go back and to kind of present it to people and to give them a bit more hope. Right. I feel like hope is probably something that, needed within this time and I think it's going to be needed within the future of arts. So. Right so you'll revisit it um, through the lens of this experience the whole thing. Yeah definitely that this is a shaped things have to change for after this after this experience and I feel like it's this is something that we're, we're going to live by and know, and know forever you know like we're, we're now living in this so I feel like it's going to affect the piece a lot and also how the performers feel and, and how audience also watch it as well now so it's amazing that you'll get that experience that that opportunity then to to revisit the work a little bit and uh yeah for mm. shine a fresh light on it yeah and i wonder if you know i wonder if people will make shows about it about, about this lived experience or do you think some people might you know there might be some tap jazz spectaculars <laughs> that are trying to cheer us all up yeah it's weird i feel like that you know, i don't know how the the, the theater or arts will, will go back in terms of how people make i feel i feel for some creators definitely this will probably be a reflection of a lot of things to express but to make something about this i feel like it's super hard because it's like i'm living so out of um you know i don't really watch the news as much i'm, I'm living mm. so out of it. i can still i almost sometimes still just feel pain Mm. without the action not not you know like when you're thinking about someone losing their life you're like wow like this is happening every single day you know so i think definitely people will make pieces about it um i think there'll still be like you know happy stuff that people should mm. be making i think they should because it, it has to hope is we have to still give some sort of hope and i think those different kind of shows might also reflect a, a, maybe a positivity that we need so. go on 
I just wonder whether it will put things into perspective a little bit more, mm. not for us to take our craft more seriously, but to really treasure those moments of being in the studio together or finding something mm. to say rather than um, always just creating for the sake of creating. Mm. Um, whether that's kind of emotional triggers or things that have come from COVID-19 or whether that's just, yeah, us appreciating the time that we have. Because for us, it's such a luxury. Yeah. We're, we're not fortunate enough to be in the studio all the time. And mm. I think we were getting into a bit of a rhythm where we were getting used to being in the mm. studio. And I think this has really made us realise that we don't need to be pushing out work for the sake of pushing yeah. it out and finding, really finding what, Botus's voice is in that moment in time mm. um, and not rushing that either oh that's so nice mm. and also I think I mean I, yeah I, I'm looking back now and all the time I've spent moaning about being on trains going here trains going there uh, and now I think oh my god the privilege it's so hideous I know and I kind of knew that but anyway I've remembered it um but also um the the privilege of dance actually that there are bodies in a room and that they, that they touch each other and that that's the thinking and you know the very thing we're not allowed now it feels to me like dance of all the uh, performance languages might speak the clearest and the loudest after this because because eventually we hope you'll be touching each other and you'll yeah. be moving in a confined space and I'll be close to you watching you and it's you know that will you know, it's always seemed a bit crazy to me, but it will really seem crazy now. And such a, I think, I imagine for you guys, you'll feel, yeah, that it's special all over again, maybe. I think so. Yeah. And I think that's why we've not rushed to re remix or repurpose any of our live performance ambitions into digital content, because yeah. I think we really value that physical presence mm. and interaction of being in that space with, mm. The audiences or, or or the dancers and the creative team and I don't think we quite know how to recreate that in yeah. in an online space yet okay um, so have you not done any um digitalization of your product no uh, <laughs> no I'm, it's, it's a weird one this one because I, I had this conversation with Lee about how I feel about I, I don't know, I feel for me, honestly, I feel like there's too much, you know, like, is, is a, is a, you know, but it's great though, because everything's gone online, you can watch things, which I think is really amazing. But at the same time, I feel like we have to also, for me, I feel like this period for me is about learning and stepping back and reflecting and trying to understand how do I, yeah, just about how, how I really use my art in the right way, because it, it just feels, it just, yeah, like if we were thinking about digital stuff, but then I said, oh, there's, there's so much things out there, maybe I, I just have to wait. We don't know how long we're going to be in this situation. You know, we could get to October. Um, and you know we're still stuck in the space and I feel like that could be a good time to, to release stuff so yeah at the moment it's just about yes yeah, it's, it's pure reflection and, and, and really trying to change something without rushing oh that's so nice it's so nice I, I understand the um there's a bit of pressure maybe to to go digital and keep your profile or I don't know just just use yeah. the money differently or whatever it is but of course that's not authentic for so many people and there are only so many things you can do certainly in terms of creating new work so I think it's um yeah it must it must feel nice that you that you're not going to respond to that the pressure in that way if there is any and that you're going to just take this time and perhaps yeah be a family for a little while and think about the show and let and let the world feed into your work more generally of course yeah it's definitely yeah, because this time seeing a three-year-old a three-year-old grow, 
I don't, I don't know, I don't know when I'll get this time again. You know, yeah. like I'm literally seeing him grow in, in front of our own, like in our, in our eyes, like we can see him, like how happy he is every day. And that's amazing to see because normally, like, he's at nursery like three times a week, and it's like, you know, we're just always busy getting to work and, and working, and we don't get time to see him. Mm. So now it's about seeing, and I feel like it's yeah, it's super special. It's a special, yeah. even though it's hard, but there's still a special moment about it, which is he's so happy, which is it's just beautiful to see. Him. Yeah, that's so nice. He must feel like it's you know Christmas every day having you both there the whole time. Yeah, she, Felt like it's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> He's loving it. So, yeah, every day he wakes up with a smile, yeah, he's happy, he's he ready does. to go. Uh, and he's just, yeah, so it's, it's beautiful to see. It's a beautiful. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, Lee, I wanted to talk to you about Artists for Artists, which uh, is a, an, an organisation, I guess, that you run, uh, artist-led hip-hop theatre initiative. I think that's what you call it. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about it? And can you tell me what, the agenda is for it or, or what the agenda was before all of this happened uh, maybe that's changed but first of all just yeah what is it so us for artists um was founded in 2016 um myself dance artist joseph tunga and another producer emily crouch kind of were in a room together um and we were having a conversation with cat bridge who was currently well who was then at Greenwich dance mm-hmm. and she was just asking us about um where, where do we as artists, as hip-hop theatre artists, go to access information, whether that's about funding or um, artist development, resources, anything. And we realised that actually there weren't that many allies immediately that we could access. Mm. And that we found that between us in that room that we had a lot of insight that maybe we could share um, with each other as well as with the wider pool of peers. So um, we founded... Um, artists for artists to give access to hip hop theatre makers um, and give sorry give them access to skill sets, information, knowledge, kind of broker partnerships or relationships with other creatives, organisations. Um, but ultimately, we just feel feel and we still feel that um, we are sidelined as as a hip hop genre, um, and I feel like we're treated as others. Um, it's always secondary to sometimes our contemporary counterparts. And um, we're just fighting to be recognised, I suppose, and, and valued. But in order to do that, we need to enrich the community with um, information. Um, that's what we're trying to do, just in various ways, whether it's commissioning, artist development weeks, um, scratch nights, mentoring, peer mentoring, um, workshops, anything that we feel that the artist needs but also we try and keep that dialogue so that if if the community feel like they need something that um, we're in a position to curate that or, or bring them access to that. What a thing. That's great, yeah. isn't it? Well done. It's <laughs> amazing. So you're um, uh, enriching the community, supporting them, but also advocating for them and trying to make um, change. Yeah. 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 And particularly, I believe... Um, you're trying to perhaps address a little teeny weeny gender imbalance that there might be in this sector and also you've done some work for working mothers is that right yeah so at the moment um we have planned we we're still doing it um we've got a women in hip-hop program which is all about um i wouldn't say building confidence but i'd say exchange or putting women in a room together that can either learn from each other because they're from different generations or just open the door to 
encouraging women to support each other in hip hop more and to mm. stand up to advocate for each other and for themselves. Um, so we were planning to launch um, a program in February, which has now been postponed to September. Um, and it's a series of six monthly sessions led by only women. It's an all-female faculty. Um, it's got people like Vicky Abokwe leading on it, mm-hmm. um, Claire Connor in the place. Um, and then as well as kind of the business, trying to find your artistic voice or pitching practice, things like that. We've also got two weeks in the studio with Peggy Olishlagers. Oh, yeah, great. Garberteg from Netherlands. So hopefully they'll have a chance to apply some of that thinking into a practical sense um and ideally it will all end in, in a short performance um uh-huh. at Red Pajama Centre who support us annually um but unfortunately that's been yeah paused because again like we said we're valuing that physical mm-hmm. interaction yeah. and some of that learning has to happen in the studio and thankfully all the participants there's 10 of them they all agree that they'd rather wait great okay um, that will hopefully kick, kick off in September Great. So it will happen. One day. One lovely day. Um, (laughs) And so how do you feel about, well, there's a couple of things there. Um, Yeah, as you said, the the relationship with the hip hop world and contemporary dance, that's a a thing, isn't it? And also the the gender thing. How how do you feel the sector is doing? Um, Not very well. And you can definitely chime in here because I know we've had lots of interesting conversations. (laughs) Um, I've been a part of all female-led artist initiatives before and they've been successful in some ways and and unsuccessful in others. I think there's something around artists for artists need to understand what we're going to do next for this group of artists because just the artist development and upskilling them isn't enough. Mm. That kind of action-based learning, that just giving them giving them a commission or investment to go in the studio and play and try is what's needed. And I feel like there's an element of risk there. Mm. There's risk that we'll fund artists and they won't make anything. And therefore we as artists for artists can't take all the glory because this females come through this program, made a piece of work and then it's good at all. I think it's something about giving them this opportunity and then having something that we can offer after that that's eight that just enables them to to try and I wonder whether women are given that opportunity as much as our male counterparts are and I think as an industry we it feels like we're more willing to give men that opportunity to take a risk and fail Mm. Well, you're not alone in thinking that, are you? Um, Botus, I'm not holding you accountable for your gender. (laughs) (laughs) But I wonder what your perspective is on on both the hip-hop world and the the female choreographer. The the questions. The big questions. Um, I think the hip-hop world... What do you mean, as as in what was happening in the sector? Yeah, do you, I mean, do you feel, like Lee said, you know, she feels that, um, okay, you didn't say this, my words, but, you know, there's a poor cousin uh, kind of relationship. I hope I've got that right in terms of it's not it's not as well supported, funded, respected, booked, I don't know. Um, I'm sure that's changing, um, partly very much thanks to you guys. Um, 
but is it something you still experience? I mean, Botus, maybe you don't, maybe you feel like, um, you know, lots of progress has been made and and it's a bit more of a level playing field. Yeah, oh, so weird. Yeah, I feel it's so difficult because I always try to use my, my own experience within it. And I feel like from the beginning of making stuff or do or trying to bring this hip hop thing, trying to do this hip hop thing, um, I felt like it wasn't accepted anyway, and I still feel like now it is. There's, there's still kind of like a little bit of a, um, you know, what is it? It's, it's very, I think people find it quite hard to kind of label what, what it is um, that we're making. A, a, what, what the work is? I think the, what the work is, yeah, how it speaks. For me personally, I feel like I'm, 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 I use elements of hip hop um, in the work. Um, but when I when I go to like other venues, you know, everyone says it's contemporary dance fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, What's contemporary dance fit? I, I, don't, I don't know that. I don't know yeah. that genre. I feel like I think there's a real struggle within the language of how people are trying to communicate the hip hop language. And I think when you try when you go left with when you go left with hip hop, people think it's you know it's contemporary dance. Um, I think there's always going to be a challenge with it, but I feel like the the communication of how we speak about our work uh, and present our work, I think we have. Probably have to be more clearer. Mm. Uh, I, think that, I think that's fair enough to, to, because with a lot of people, it's, it's quite alien. And I think it's a new, for me, I thought I still feel like theatre is still a new thing in terms of like my generation. Um, but I feel like it is changing, things are changing slowly mm. um, with, with like arts by arts developed. So, no, I was just thinking that we we had a conversation with John Z quite, quite, uh, quite a few months ago about how when we first started applying for things as far from the norm or as botus we would take out the word hip-hop yeah we wouldn't ah. mention our genre mm. and that felt like it opened more doors and now now we're able to kind of own that that's where we've come from like that's where all the artists have trained yeah. that's what your background is um but still there's still a i still believe there's a there's a, a huge gap mm. in um in how we're treated just even experiencing it on tour yeah. um how venues interact with you how they don't have an audience for our type of work or they kind mm. of sideline you for the outreach or learning engagement work it's just mm. very interesting um and how they interact with you what do you mean i feel like when um when we were trying to book black dog there was a lot of us trying there's a lot of yeah, I feel like we were trying to prove that this yeah, work was, it belonged in their spaces. And I just wonder whether other artists feel that they have to have that same, um, yeah, sense of, I need to prove that this is valued, that this will sell. So we've had lots of people say, well, I can't sell that. I can't sell hip hop yet. And is that because of the genre? Is that because of how young we are as a company? Is that because the majority of the company is black, like what? What is that? I can't sell that. And I don't and understand that. Have you? Do you ever get? Do you ever get? Do you ever get any answers on that? I've tried. I, I bet the, you have. I've I've tried to say, look, I'd love to have the conversation. I'd love to be a part of shifting that mm. that outlook, mm -hmm. so that in a couple of years' time, maybe you are ready to present our work. But mm. um, we don't get an email back. Gosh. Even when you have your Olivier Awards sort of hanging around your neck when you're talking to these people, <laughs> does that not do it? You know what? I don't think yeah. Olivia means it. For me, it doesn't mean anything. Um, nonsense, it, nonsense. For some, no, I mean, like, for some venues, probably. But um, was it before you? I think some venues, actually, it did actually mean something because after, after what happened was, what was it? 
Yeah, what happened? Were you, I think we booked two shows like the following week after the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying for months. But he he won't let us use, um, here we go, in the copy, <laughs> he won't let us use Olivier award-winning Black Dog. We're not allowed to, to publicly use it because it's, I understand it's a huge pressure. But to oh. get us in the door, we're definitely using yeah, it. Yeah, it's a weird, yeah, I think when, yeah, I, it's weird, I, I never speak about the award, you know, like the award's are literally like there. And every time I see it, I put it, I, I, like I have to put it across so I don't look at it. It's a weird, I, I find it a weird experience, like just seeing it. But um, That's because you're scared by how much it means. Probably, I, I, I am probably scared of how much it means. And I think it's a lot of, yeah, because so, sometimes you see the pressure in, in front of you. You're like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, I totally, totally get that, of course. Um, yeah, I understand that must cause pressure, but it's very cool. And it is an acknowledgement of skill and hard work and success. Yeah. And Lee, I'm surprised that, um, I don't know, I'm, uh, who's the boss here, Lee? <laughs> I can't believe it is on every piece of copy you've ever, <laughs> ever written. It's slowly changing. It might slow, yeah. Yeah. No. I think, I think. I just have to not be online then because I have to. Just don't not, look great, Botas. Just, just don't, don't look. look. I know, I'll, just be, I'll just be out of the way. <laughs> but also when you got the Olivier, it was for a 35 it was 35 minutes long and he went away to create a, a 70 minute show mm -hmm. and the pressure was what if the other yeah of course of course marry up so yeah okay but that pressure was there anyway and you know yeah I understand but you have to just deal with that I think and you know and keep 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 the art as your focus which of course I know you do um but it is exciting and um, it, surely it must give you well, more gigs, but also uh, more power. N no, you don't feel that? And, and Lee, your voice as well, you don't feel that it gives you more agency within the sector to demand more? Um, I think there's an interesting conversation around um, power in, the, in our community and power in the sector. Um, I think there's definitely been different ripple effects in our immediate hip-hop theatre um, in London specifically. Mean, uh, meaning some positive, some negative or? I, I, yeah, I think okay. definitely potentially more negative. Um, Gosh, yeah. Okay. Um, and in the sector, I think it's, I still think we're, we're othered. So um, I think it's, it's helpful to give us that, that power and that confidence to put ourselves forward more. But I don't, I really don't think it's changed the game for us. Do you agree? Yeah. I think it's weird because probably uh, you sometimes because you can't see the effects of what it's doing. Yeah, it's quite hard sometimes when you, you when people are yeah behind closed behind closed doors. You know, it could. I feel like it is. Okay. There's there's maybe a change that is happening um, with us without us actually really seeing it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a weird. It might be. It could, yeah, it's power. Yeah, mm -hmm. power is the word, but just in, in a maybe in a way that we can't can't physically always see it yeah sometimes sometimes, sometimes you, you more feel it than, than see it so yeah it's, maybe uh, it'll sneak up sneak up on you a little bit um yeah. i think it's interesting though what you said about now you can use the word hip-hop now it is it is part of the, the you know in order to sell the work that's a useful word um that's that's progress surely um and also yeah i think you're really right about the whole language issue and i think all of the arts have work to do on this and especially contemporary dance because the language is sometimes a little portentous or um, 
uh, inaccessible or just so laden with dancer knowledge that, you know, people like me <laughs> can't necessarily um, get access to it. So, yeah, there, there's work to be done everywhere, I think, but it's, but you're right, probably in your sector as well, you know, we all have to just make sure that we're communicating as as well as we can. Um, what What do you think, I mean, I'm not asking you to, imagine the world post-COVID, because I don't suppose you can. Um, but do you worry... So the, the the people that you are trying to advocate for, the hip-hop community generally, but also female choreographers, do you um, worry that this uh, experience will, will make things more difficult and will make the need for need for you more urgent um do can can you imagine this sending you backwards rather than forwards i don't mean you as a company getting gigs and you know do, doing really well which you are i just mean you know the battles you're fighting do you think they just got harder yeah i think yeah i feel that they'll get harder i think just just yeah dance with fitter in general and also the people sector in general i think will things will go backwards but it, it's it could be it could be a positive in that within kind of like redefining obviously what we actually do or what we, we need in, t in terms of pushing forward. So it might, it might I feel like it's going to be, it'll be either or, like it, sometimes it'll either be negative or, or, or really positive for some people. And I think it's, um, yeah, just, it's, it's a scary kind of thing to think about just like, because even like with, um, what place, what, what, what shut down? Was it Nottingham? Nottingham. Um, yeah, mm. so it shut down. It's like, it's, I'm just scared about terms of like just theatre in general, like the small theatres and like how, how they're going to be dealing with it and um, how venues are going to, you know, and it might be one in like, you know, um, artists who can make more money. So it's... Yeah, that's, I think that, I think you're right. It's whether, whether venues will, or partners will need to value the the top, the top artists that can bring in yeah. those, those money, those tickets, those audiences that can afford to pay. 70, 80 quid for a ticket, or are venues gonna now shift to to really, I don't know what the right word is, bring in those communities that need to, that need to experience theatre and that need mm. to experience those cultural events because we're experiencing it now in our living room. Mm. Um, and I think that hopefully they're gonna value their immediate communities more that, and hip hop is the, is the best way to reach those people. Um, so it could go either way. I think yeah, we could align, yeah. or we could be really empowered and welcomed into new spaces. It feels to me like um, exactly that. It could go either way, and I maybe I'm being hopeful, but I kind of have this feeling it might go the second way. That it might really be about bringing communities in, and really be about ticket prices having to go down. Um, but you know, hopefully numbers eventually going up. But I just, I think like lots of people I'm slightly nervous about who's at the table for these conversations um and are the right people there and you know so many people I know including you guys who've got you know so much to offer and so much to so many ideas and so much to say I, I you know with other people I'm just aware of are they able to shout loud enough at the moment are they able to be heard because of course it's all manic and everyone's chasing their tail and no one really knows what they're doing but I'm just not sure the right people are going to be heard and that it might be the big boys, you know, I use that term very generally, but who who are considered the safe pair of hands and can quickly whip out a show here, there and everywhere. And I just, um, yeah, 
wonder if there are, there are ways to uh, ensure that other voices get heard. I mean, part of the reason I'm doing this, actually, is because yeah. I'm wondering where the voices are. Um, mm. But yeah, do, do you have thoughts about how to get yourselves heard and, and how to get the, the conversation to be a bit wider? Tricky one. Really, yeah. When you said the big boys, I feel like that's always been happening. It's always been part of like. I think it's about creating allies, and I think we're doing it slowly okay. as a company and also as a community. Is is making allies with people that are outside of our immediate circle and network? Because, um, so for example, tomorrow the Arts Council are holding a really small roundtable discussion for producers. Yeah, <clears throat> and they invited artists for artists, and I was shocked. And I wondered how they'd heard about the work we're doing. And then when you see who else is on on that list, there's producers like Ian Abbott or, um, and Ian Abbott's someone that has supported Far From The Norm in applying mm. for the emergency fund, or he's someone that's kind of mentored me on the side. I think having those allies that are maybe talking a little bit louder or talking to the right people will make sure that we're heard. And then, then we just have to make sure we say the things in the most eloquent way. Yeah, pressure. <laughs> pressure. <have> <laughs> but that's absolutely brilliant. There you go. You are at the table. You you earned that place. Uh, and now you just have to sort everything out. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is vital that you're there. So, um, yeah, well, it will be interesting to see what comes next, won't it? Yeah. Um, okay, I'm now going to move us on. Um, this is a podcast, so people can't see this, but you guys can because we're on Zoom. I've got a little yellow envelope. Here it is. And I've got some quick fire questions. Uh, and I'm just going to take them in there. I guess they're for Botus, or maybe they're for both of you. I don't really know. But I'm just going to take a couple out. And can you try to answer them? Yeah. Here we go. Number one. Is there anything you want to do in dance that you haven't yet done? we're waiting actually i would love to take a show uh, to the west end but not compromise anything oh come on there we go 2022 or three <laughs> sorted. sorted um what's the high point of your career so far my career um having my having my son that's not your career. <laughs> my high point. Um, my high point in my career. Um, we'll be weird. We'll be winning the Libby, actually. After all that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Get it down, give it a dust and put it in the middle of the living room. <laughs> um, Botus, what mistakes do you most often make in your work? Uh, if you can't answer this, I bet Lee can. <laughs> I'm so in it, I don't, I don't know what. I, I think the, the biggest mistake he makes is, is not being able to detach from the work. You mean uh, what, coming home and, and talking about it over dinner or actually <laughs> not, not being able to step back from the work and, and look at it? Yeah, I okay. think it's really hard to, for him to have perspective because he, um, and I suppose it's the same for all artists, but he will live and breathe that concept that character that work and it almost it consumes you and I think then it's hard to have to translate that idea to your dancers or your collaborators because it's so only in in yeah. your head would you say that's right I hope so yeah, it is I think it is definitely right um so what you're going to do about that bonus <laughs> um well it's different now now I've, I've kind of had a bit of time 
when I'm working on stuff, not to um, not to feel. It's actually difficult. I feel like it's. It, I think every process um, will change for me, and I think I have to learn from every process while while doing that because I feel like it's it's a it will be a constant battle because some pieces like Black Dog is so difficult to detach when I'm breathing and living. Yeah, and it is your soul you're pouring out onto that stage. I guess you have an enormous emotional commitment to it. Mm. But you know, you, we're trying to find the right frameworks to make to allow you to create the best work you can. Whether yeah. that's like the length of rehearsals or mm. whether there's we've been, we've worked with a dance psychologist. Yeah. Wow. Black, the end of Black Dog. So like, what else do we need to put in place mm -hmm. to make sure that you can, yeah, yeah. not make those mistakes? Mm. But sometimes they're great mistakes to make because the work's great. Yeah. I was gonna swear then. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and of course, you know, you're an artist. It's not all meant to be uh, plain sailing and neat and tidy, is it? Um, but okay, interesting answer. Thank you, Lee. A <laughs> uh, couple more. To whom do you owe the most, Botus? Owe the most. Owe the most. Who has helped you most in your life or your career? My mum. <laughs> My mum will be the one. She's the one. Lovely. Yeah, no, I say my mum because, yeah, she's, uh, she did a lot. I think I, I, I saw her go through a lot. And I think that that's, that's determined what I, what I make and how I do it and how to make her proud. I feel like that's, 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 the, that's the goal for me to live by and sit by. Brilliant. Um, one more. What would failure be for the company? So perhaps this is to both of you. Um, I think it would be to have mm, quick fire. I think it's about um, if if our collaborators and our performers weren't um, with us entirely, emotionally, physically, spiritually, I think that's failure because we're not a one man band, artist producer duo. Mm. So to not have our full um, commitment or desire from the people that we work with to work with us, that's really hard. Mm. Um, that that would be a failure to me. Um, on that note, are you, uh, presumably, because, yeah, I, I'm aware that your company is a very tight-knit uh, sort of family, basically. Um, are you, what, doing class on Zoom together? Are you, are you <laughs> watching, um, you know movies together or how are you staying in touch we it's a weird one actually because as a company we, we are i feel like they're quite, everyone's quite similar in a way where they they love their own space okay and they need their own space and i feel like that, that reflects us as a company uh, we've zoomed like once and like done like, a quiz and competition which was really cool and fun um but ultimately i, I feel like i feel the energy of like everyone just needs especially with, with black dog because we spent like a whole kind of year making it so we were kind of in like a quite um, all the time so i feel like now it's almost like it's a blessing for, for most of them just to be like i need to step away a little bit and just kind of really reflect and, and for them to work on themselves as well and i feel like when it's the right time um to really connect properly i feel like we, we will because i think individually we connect to different people okay um, it's really nice but um yeah i really feel like it's given them so much space just to really think about what they want to do as well it's going to be amazing when you all come back into the room together yeah, <laughs> except really. you're not going to be very fit <laughs> <laughs> no, we will be we're still we're, that's the one thing that I think everyone's really still keeping is that, that discipline of yeah I feel like I, like me I'm working out more, like for me I feel like working out more than ever now because I feel like okay. it's, 
it's driving me to like to stay um, disciplined yeah okay so it is going to be amazing yeah you're all going to get back and then be so happy to be there and have so much more to, you know recharge yeah. your batteries so much more to give mm. exciting exciting and so if if there's anything you let's say that you get the opportunity to wish that say in 18 months from now what would be happening do you think and i'm this is not covid related i just mean for the for the company or the sector what what would your what do your dreams look like Well, like that's, a, that's a super hard question not to think about COVID as well. Well, okay, think about COVID. Just keep it really like yeah. short and sweet, I'd say. I really hope that Far From The Norm um, can embrace um, the need for digital and to, to start moving in that direction, whether it's researching or, or acquiring new skills or testing mm. material. Um, just to find out how our live presence exists in a digital form, mm-hmm. I think would be super cool. And I think for the sector, I, I hope that there are more of us um, in places where we can share our work. Yeah. Widely. To lots of people. Yeah. 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 It sounds good. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> Um, listen guys thank you so much for giving me some of your time it's so nice to see you both and I wish you all the luck and I know that whatever happens COVID wise the next few years are going to be full and very exciting for you so thank you so much for joining me oh thank you Lou really appreciate it thanks a lot well that's it for this episode of Downtime I really hope you enjoyed it Please do listen to the other episodes with other brilliant artists and arts leaders and please also have a look at my website www.thecoad.org. May you be lucky and well enough to have a little inspired downtime of your own.